Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to DPW Talks. The D stands for discipline. The P stands for purpose. And the W stands for wisdom. So glad to be here with you all today. Um, this is Christiana, and I'm here with Rochelle. We are executives for DPW Disciples of Promise LLC, and today we are studying the word dedication, or we could use the word covenant or oath, things like that. So that's what we're talking about today in the word. Um, I'm just looking at Hebrews 6 today where it talks about the promises of God, and I'm really excited because I have to ask myself, what am I dedicated to? How am I dedicated to God, and then how is God dedicated to me? And so it, it becomes much clearer to me how dedicated the Lord is to me when I look at the promises that he has. Um, Rochelle, how about you? Okay. Um, I was just looking over here. I'm, you were talking, and I'm sorry. I'm thinking about the definition of the word dedication. And... By the way, happy Friday, everybody. <laughs> um, and going back to what I was saying before, um, I looked it up, and it says a feeling of very strong support for or loyalty to someone or something, the quality or state of being dedicated to a person, group, cause, etc. Okay. Um, and I'm going to skip the one in the middle. There is another one. Well, I'll, I'll just read them all. The next one is a message at the beginning of a book, song, etc., saying that it was written or is being performed in order to honor or express affection for someone. And the next is the act of officially saying that something, such as a new building, was created for a particular purpose, such as worship, or to remember or honor a particular person. So dedication has a lot of different sides to it, Mm -hmm. okay? Um, And when we're talking dedicated, that means you're committed. You are committed to doing something for a reason that holds you to it, you know? There's that purpose there, Mm -hmm. you know? You are dedicated. You have a reason for doing it, and you're not going to let it go. Sort of like, um, you know, wrestling with that angel. You know, you, you're not going to let it go until you get what you need, until you get what you came for. Um, and, Christiana, I think I'm going to turn it back over to you because I just wanted to make sure that we got that definition in there before we start. You know, it's always good to get a good base, a good foundation going. So you want to know what you're talking about first. Nice definition on the table. Absolutely. Thank you for that clarity there. Um, And actually, 
I was taking notes while you were talking, and I think we could use the three different definitions of dedication and hit it from all three, actually from this text here in Hebrews chapter 6. So, Rochelle, once again, to go over the dedication, um, I just did a recap. One would be like an oath or a promise or a covenant situation saying that you are attached to a certain person or a certain cause or a certain thing. The other one you said was expressed affection for something or someone. Mm -hmm. And then the third was an assignment to a purpose. Mm -hmm. And so if we look at those three pieces of dedication and we look at how awesome God is, God has done all of those things for us through his word and through the cross of Jesus Christ as we get ready to celebrate resurrection You know, the thing that makes us Christians is that we believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he came to this earth and he dedicated his life to us to die on the cross so that we might be forgiven of our sins and we could have fellowship with God and be with him eternally if we chose that. And so there is no greater dedication. Jesus said there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for his friends. So really, if if you want to know if you're dedicated to something, a great question to ask yourself is what you're willing to die for. Mm Mm-hmm. And so as we look at this, I'm just going to start off with the statement that I believe that God is dedicated to us. And then we're going to chase that with these three different forms of definition and see if we can prove that out through this text here. So I was reading Hebrews chapter 6, which is really awesome. It talks about God's promises and things and about how he rewards our faithfulness as well as it talks about his own dedication to us. Okay? So um, this is a time where... God's apostles and his people were talking to Hebrews who believed that Jesus was the Son of God and talking about them holding on to the doctrine that they'd learned and holding on to the truth of the word of God, believing in what God has said for them and the promises of God and things like that. And it says here, for God is not unrighteous to forgive and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, and that you've ministered to the saints and do minister. So he's saying, first off, God sees you. And then he says, and we declare that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. So in other words, keep doing what you're doing till the end. It's not over yet. Keep hope. And then he goes on further to say that be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now, this is amazing because he's talking about inheriting the promises of God. Now, we're talking about God's dedication, right? God has promised his people certain things. That's his oath. That's that first piece of dedication, God's dedication to his people. He made promises and he made oaths. And here's the one amazing thing about God. Whatever God says, he creates. Therefore, God cannot lie. Therefore, if he's made a promise, if he's made an oath, then it's ours to have. And so he's talking about how to receive the end of the promise because what you do is God is dedicated to doing what he said he would do. But our piece is to be dedicated to doing the part that he told us to do. And so it speaks here about how people receive the promises of God. God's dedication piece was the piece of him promising what he would do. Our dedication piece is doing what God told us to do to receive the promise. And so here he goes in verse 13. He talks about, for when God made promises to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. 
I underlined a couple of words here. Actually, let me go back to verse 12 because it says, you know, to the end, don't be slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherited the promises. He told us right there how to inherit the promise, through faith and through patience. Faith is the action piece. Patience is the the hope piece or the part where we trust God to keep his promises. We trust his dedication to us. And so when you get down to verse 15 and it says, and so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promises. So the endurance piece here comes before the obtaining piece. You have to endure, go through what you have to go through to get to what God has for you. And that's for us a dedication to keep going when things get tired, to have faith when stuff doesn't look the way you expected it to, to be patient when you feel like things should have happened already. Those are pieces of enduring, holding fast to what you said you would do and believing God for what he said he would do. And this amazing piece here, it's like they break down how to receive the promises. This is how you do it. It says, through faith and patience, inherit the promises. Endure, and then you'll obtain. All right? So faith is the action piece, us doing our part. We believe God enough to do what he told us to do. And then the patience piece, waiting on God to fulfill his portion and believing that he will. All righty? It says, for men barely swear by greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them the end of all strife. So in other words, if somebody says something and it's an oath and they've sworn to you and they promised to you, that's it. There's no discussion. There's no questioning whether or not that's what it's going to be. If someone made an oath, if they made a swear, if they made a promise, that was it. Their word was their bond. And at that point, they are dedicated to do what they said they were going to do. And so back in the day when somebody made an oath, that was it. There was no more discussion as to are you going to do what you said you were going to do. They said they were going to do it, and so it will be done, as they have said. And so it, it's amazing to see how different it is then until now. When somebody makes a promise now, people are like, okay, sure, whatever you say. But all the while, somebody's making a backup plan because a lot of people's word is not their bond anymore. Right, Rochelle? Absolutely. When somebody says, I'm going to, you can plan. Well, in my case, I, I normally plan to have a plan A, plan B, plan C, and plan D, okay? They say, yes, I will do whatever. And I say, okay, well, we can say that, but like the Bible said, let your yay be yay and let your nay be nay um, because you can't do anything unless God allows it. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the best laid plans, you know, don't turn out the way that we expect. And uh, so you have to allow for the fact that our word is not necessarily always God's word. Okay, but God's word is his bond because he is the creator of all that exists. He is the creator. What comes out of his mouth is creation. Um, What comes out of his being is life. Nothing else comes out um, but life and truth and creation, you know, whatever exists, existence. Time even is created by him. Um. We are here for a purpose during a specific amount of time, and it is our job to fulfill that purpose. You can't fulfill a purpose, though, unless you have what you need to fulfill that purpose, Where, which is where faith a lot of times comes in. We have to believe enough to obey him. 
You know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But faith without works is dead. Absolutely. And that's why I say when it talks about through faith and patience inheriting the promises, the faith part is not the part where you be still because the patience part is where you be still. Otherwise, they wouldn't have both been there. Faith is the action piece. Patience is that being still and knowing that God is God piece here. And let's read along further. Now, we talked about going through the three areas of dedication here, the oath, the expression of affection, and then the assignment to a purpose. Um, we talked a little bit about the oath here. Let's finish out talking about the oath here in um, Hebrews chapter 6. It says, wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel. In other words, you can't undo my counsel. It's wonderful. What I'm telling you is going to be he confirmed it with an oath. So in other words, God said, this is what's going to be. And just to confirm it by you, I swear by myself that I'm going to do it. So first, the very fact that God said it in the first place was one immutable thing because God can't lie because his very word is creation. Then on top of that, he made an oath, which even back then when men made an oath, it was a serious thing. But for God, he made an oath on top of just saying it. And so it says here that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation. In other words, we can be consoled even though we don't see what God has told us. We know that he said it and he made an oath to us. That's the first piece of his dedication right there. He's made an oath to us. And so we can be consoled in the fact that he made an oath to us. And it says that we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. So in other words, wherever we came to Christ, we came from something. And we ran from that to Christ to lay hold on this hope through him. And so God is saying, I made an oath and I made a promise to you and I'm going to keep it. You didn't run to me in vain. Amen? Mm-hmm. All right. And it says, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Now, you know what an anchor does. In a boat, an anchor weights the boat down and keeps it from moving from left to right on the docks so that the boat just doesn't go floating off away from them. It says hope is our anchor. It's what holds us steady. Many of us, when we look at the promises of God, we hope for them because we haven't seen them yet. It says we hope for things we don't see, but if we see it, then we don't need hope, right? Mm -hmm. So that hope is the hope of the promises of God in our lives. It's what keeps us doing our part because many covenants, they have our part and then God's part, right? And so that hope piece is what keeps us doing our part, even though we haven't seen God's part yet, because we know and we believe God is going to do what he said. He said he was going to do something, and then he made an oath, and he swore by himself that he would do this. And so I'm going to hang on to the hope that God is the truth, And that's what keeps us doing our part and from going astray, from going to the left or to the right, or going back to what we were out of before. Hope is our anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters into that within the veil. So in other words, it is our hope that brings us in that close fellowship with God. Right up with him where we can come to him for ourselves. And be like, Lord, this is what I need. Lord, this is what you promised, and I believe you. You can have that conversation with God. 
without hope, that conversation is called asking a myth. If you don't really believe what you're saying, it's not, if you don't believe your testimony, it's hard to go up in court on the stand and say before God something. But when you believe it, you can come boldly. And this hope piece that we have, this true hope that we believe God, it helps us to come boldly before him and say, God, I believe you. And I'm going to stand right here with you. That hope is our anchor to him. Isn't that amazing? And it says, whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So even as we enter into that close relationship with God to call forth the promises of God in our lives, and we enter into this covenant relationship, this dedicated relationship, Jesus has already gone before us to make the way. And that is amazing to me. All because he's willingly wanting to show unto us the immutability of his counsel. He, God wants to prove himself to us, little old us. And so he's like, I'm going to prove myself to you. I'm going to give you my word, and then I'm going to give you my promise. Isn't that amazing? Rochelle? Sonny, you said word and promise, and I'm thinking commitment and dedication. Mm-hmm. You know, the word and the promise. You know, you make a commitment because you speak out of your mouth, you know, the plan, you know. And with the heart, you know, you make a dedication. You say, I'm doing this thing, you know, and you remember. Or is it, think about it, you can switch it. Think about this. Hmm. You can actually switch it with a dedication. You make that with your mouth. And from the heart, you can be committed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it it kind of goes both ways. It's like shaking hands. Yeah. You know, it kind of goes both ways. You're committed and you're dedicated, you know. It's like I'm not going to give this up. I'm not going to let it go. I said, and I'm sticking to my word, I will not let this thing go. And believe it or not, I believe everybody is like that mm-hmm. concerning something. The Bible said where your treasure is there, will, there will your heart be wait where your heart is there will your treasure be also mm-hmm. right and um so everybody has something inside of them that is an anchor for what they're doing mm-hmm. it's the reason why everybody's got a reason why and that reason why is what fuels your commitment and that's why you can remain dedicated to your purpose because you go back to the reason why. I'm going to do this because if I don't do this, I won't get this. And God's promises are the same way with the faith and hope, you know. You have to have faith to continue. You know, you have to have a hope in your heart. You have to have a goal in mind. And then you have to have the faith to keep moving, even when things don't look like they're going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Even when it looks like you're losing ground. Even when things look like they have gone haywire and you're not sure if you're going to come out of it. Mm-hmm. When you make a commitment and you are dedicated to a purpose, 
you are rooted and grounded in a particular belief, you're not going to move from that. You're going to remain. It's like a balloon with a weight on it. It blows all over the place. It can go back and forth in this way and that way, but it's not going to go away with that weight on it. It's going nowhere. It's secure. It's not going anywhere. A ship with an anchor, it's not going anywhere. If it, Once that anchor gets hooked into the rocks or whatever is in the bottom of that area where it's sitting, even if it's in the water and it isn't quite at the bottom bottom, it still provides a certain amount of gravity, a levity, something that keeps it from being so easily blown around. You know what I'm saying? It creates a groundedness something that's secure until it reaches the ground in which point it is proven it is definitely secure you know purpose and intention two different things an anchor on its way down is intention but once that anchor hits the ground it has a purpose you know what i'm saying potential Versus reality. There you go. We have to be dedicated and committed. They go hand in hand. Think about it. They go hand in hand like a handshake to God's word. It's faith and hope together that makes it possible for us to receive the promise that God gives us. Because he can give us a promise all day long, and if we don't do what he said needs to be done to get that promise, we're never going to see that promise. If we don't stick to it till the end, we're never going to see it. It's like running a race and quitting in the middle. You're never going to see the finish line. You can walk off to the side. You might see it, but you're going to see it from a distance. You might even touch it, but it doesn't matter anymore. If you quit, it's done. No matter who runs across that line, as long as their legs are continuing to move and they are running, even if they walk across that line, as long as they don't stop, they are still in the race. If you quit, you're done. Mm -hmm. You have to start over. You have to start over if You're you're allowed to. When that possibility is available again, if ever, okay, you are no longer in the race if you quit in the middle. And if your name does show up, you're going to be in last place. (laughs) You know, if you quit, you're in last place automatically. You lose. No matter whether you lose in the middle or you lose at the end, you still lose. But to lose because you walked away is a whole nother loss than to lose even though you were trying. Dedication. A person who struggles and makes it across the line and they're the last person to cross, but they fought against the odds. They actually did it. They can say, I ran the race to its finish. The person who quits in the middle, they can say, I was in it, but when it comes to, oh, where did you place? Uh, I... uh, I didn't, you know, I, I, I kind of, uh, you know, I, I, I never actually made it across the line. That doesn't quite cut it. 
we want to prove that we're worthy to be there. We want to prove it, you know, by our dedication, by our obligation. You know, you make an obligation. You have an obligation there. When you speak something with your word and you say, I'm going to do this, you have an obligation. And when you meet the obligation, when you actually make it to that, that's great. But if you make it to it and you bring something to the table with you, that's awesome. You know? You know what I'm saying, Christiana? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And this actually takes me to Ecclesiastes chapter 9. I love Ecclesiastes. <laughs> A lot of people sleep on this book of the Bible, but there is so much wisdom in there, so much wisdom. Um, And it says here in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. In other words, you're going to die. So while you're alive, if you're going to do something, do it. Mm -hmm. That's dedication and commitment right there. It says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not given to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to the men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happens to them all. Time and chance happens to them all. So he's saying, while you have the time, while you have the ability, if you see something to do, do it. That's good. That is good. If you see something good to do and you have the capability and the knowledge and the strength to do it, do it with all your might. Because you can't do those things. You can't do any more works once you're dead. Once you're gone off of the face of this earth, there are no more works here to be done by you. And you don't know. Time and chance happens to us all. You have to endure. You have to push forward with what God has given you to do. Whatever is burning in your heart, burning on your spirit, that's probably what God wants you to do with your life. No need to look to the left or to the right. Set down your anchor. Set your hope in the Lord. And seek first his kingdom and watch everything else come to you. It's one of those promises that we hold on to really tight in this family and in this business. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. He's talking about your food. He's talking about your clothes. He's talking about your shelter. He's talking about your hair. Everything else that you need gets added. And so it's so important to find that third piece of dedication, the, our assignment to purpose. You know, when you dedicate a house or you dedicate a building you stand there and you say, you know what, this is for this purpose, and we dedicate this in the name of the Lord, and people pray, and they celebrate, and sometimes people cut ribbons, and you're and saying, unveil the name. and Rochelle's right, they unveil the name, and then that purpose is set in motion for that item. You need to be the same way with yourself. I need to be the same way with myself. God has said our name. He has called our purpose. And when we were born, he cut the ribbon. And now we need to be about our father's business. Dedication. He has dedicated us for a purpose. And while there is strength in our bodies, we need to get it done. Rochelle? I agree. It's time for us to be about it. Get up and get on out there. Jesus says, 
you know, it was time for him to be about his father's business when his mom found him in the temple talking with the priest at, at age 12. He said, you know, I, he was about his father's business at 12. Hey, whatever age you are, when Jesus says go, when God gives you a purpose and a mission, it's time to go. When he says it's time to move, it's time to move. You know, and it does. It burns in your heart. It stays on your mind. You dream about it. You think about it all the time. If there's something that's just on you and on you and on you and you can never seem to walk away from it, it's always with you, something that you care about. You just get fired up whenever you hear it. That's a passion. And that thing that really resonates deep in you, that when you're working in it makes you feel like, You can breathe better, okay? That's purpose on you, you know? That's you working within something that was given you to do, a purpose, okay? And somebody said, well, to me, what if you don't have a purpose? And I told them this was my response. If you don't have a purpose, you don't exist. A person without a purpose, is like they say a ship without a rudder. You don't have anything to guide you. You don't have your wild cards. You don't have any roots, nothing that keeps you safe, nothing that protects you. I was explaining to someone just the other day, Christiana, how important family is, and that's why God made it that way, mm-hmm. because it gives you roots. It he It's so important that when your earthly family if all of them should pass away, you can still attach yourself to a group of people or an organization and feel like they are family mm-hmm. because everybody needs to have roots. You know, they dig in and they give you direction. You now have purpose, you know, according to what you are because everything around you is going to tell you that. You are where you are. The end. You are who you are. You are where you're supposed to be. This is your home. This is your place. And at the same time, we have to be careful what we put our roots into because everything wasn't meant to be an anchor. Mm -hmm. Some things were just meant for you to know about, for you to experience but they're not meant for you to root your life in. You can't grow from them in any kind of way that will prolong your life. Um, Things like if certain plants are planted in soil, the wrong kinds of soil, they can't grow. If it has too much soil or if if it has too much sand in it, it can't grow right. If it has too much maybe clay in it, you can't grow right. You have to be placed as a seed in the correct soil to help you grow so that you can grab hold. The roots can grab hold, you know, and you would know, yes, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Dedication. You can speak something. That's a confession. You can speak it out your mouth. You have to believe it in your heart. 
okay? And when you start to move on it, that's when you actually have a purpose that you are working in. When you know what's said, you hear it, you understand it to a certain point because we don't understand everything. And you know that that's the right thing in your heart. It causes you to move your hands, to move your feet, to move your body in the direction that you feel is important because of your purpose that has you rooted and your support system helps you to not go just any old where, you know? Christiana, do you have anything to add to this? Absolutely. Um, because we were created by God for a purpose and we were dedicated from the very beginning, um, people quote all the time, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee and ordained thee unto good works for which I, oh, sorry, I always mix that up with the other scripture there. Um, yeah, I mixed up a couple of them. But Jeremiah twenty eleven. let me just go to it so I don't mess it up again. <laughs> but it talks about how before God formed us in the womb, he knew us. And God has plans for us, has had plans for us from the beginning. And so we came already attached to something. And sometimes we tend to get detached in order to attach ourselves to something that we think is better. And any time we detach ourselves from the assignment to a purpose, to the purpose on our lives, we are detaching ourselves from our dedication and trying to sort of undo our dedication and rededicate to something else. And that doesn't work because the first thing that we have to do when we go back to God is God has to detach us from the mess that we attached ourselves to that didn't belong to us. And sometimes it's good things. And then he has to graft us back into our original purpose. And that can be a painful process. Adoption. Absolutely. Rochelle said adoption. We have to literally be adopted back into the family that we originally were in. And that is some crazy stuff. Imagine if you had a child and that child was lost to you. And the child went and took another family's name and they were with that family and then something happened with that family where they wanted to come back to you. Imagine have, literally having to adopt your own child. But that's what God has had to do with us. He created us. We moved away from him. And then he literally had to buy us back. That's why the story of Hosea and his wife is such a wonderful illustration of God's expressed affection toward us. Remember, that's another piece of dedication. It is an expressed affection towards someone. And God expressed that affection in Hosea when he had Hosea to marry a woman that was a prostitute. And she kept leaving him, and God told him to keep buying her back. But let's look at that Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God has an expected end or an expected fulfillment of your purpose. There's an end picture. There's a last frame that he's looking for. And God is going to do what God has to do to get you to that last picture frame, to that final victory moment. He has dedicated himself to the purpose that he has placed on our lives. Whether or not we dedicate ourselves, 
God has dedicated himself to fulfill what he originally wanted to fulfill in us. And it's such a beautiful thing when we work in congruence with the purpose that God has placed in our lives, with the roots that God has birthed us in. But it's a very, very difficult thing if we try and go a different way. You know, an apple tree, no matter how hard it tries, cannot be an orange tree or a strawberry bush. (laughs) We are who God made us to be. And while there are situations and things that sort of bruise us up a little bit, mar us up a little bit, maybe we're a little chipped here, maybe we lost a little bit of our coloration there from wear and tear, but God is still looking for us to fulfill that purpose that he dedicated us for when he created us in the very beginning. And even though so many times we want to uproot ourselves and move ourselves, God is dedicated to bringing us back to where we can grow and flourish in him. And that's an amazing thing. And literally, if you look through the book of Hosea, I was looking at chapter 11 of Hosea, and it says, I drew them with cords of a man, with bands of love, And I was with them as they that take off the yoke on their jaws, and I laid meat unto them. And so in other words, he's talking about Israel, his original people here. And he's talking about how he brought them out of Egypt and how he was drawing them in with bands of love and how he was taking a yoke off of them. Now, a yoke is a thing that can be put on your neck to lock you in place so that somebody can easily move you left or right. It's for many animals that do plowing and farming. They'll put a yoke on like a horse or a ram or something like that, a cow, to move it along. And with that yoke, you can easily move the head to the left or to the right and guide the animal to where you want it to go. And God is saying he's taking that yoke off of their jaw and giving them food and nourishing them. And so God's like, I've drawn you with love. I'm freeing you from these heavy burdens, and I'm giving you nourishment. That is a dedication, an expression of affection toward us. And then he says, further on in the New Testament, after this purpose of Jesus Christ has been fulfilled, that not many people would believe him, but to those that do believe him, he says, we have the power to become the children of God. That is a very coveted position and a very lucrative title to have in the kingdom of God, his child, not his number one servant, but his child. And that is an expression of love. When you think of how much a father loves a child, if that father is in his right mind, he loves the child like crazy. And it's amazing to see fathers with daughters. Some of these fathers with daughters, they have a daughter and they go crazy. I had a friend, when he found out his wife was pregnant and it was a girl, he was like, i got to go get a shotgun now. I've got to protect her. And, you know, it's, it's that sort of love relationship, that sort of this is how important this person is to me. God is dedicated to us, not just as his creation, as a product that he's created to fulfill a purpose, but as his child. Rochelle? I agree, and I want to take this a bit further because this is on my heart. You don't just give up on a child, okay? Somebody said, well, when they're 18, they're done. You're through. Your your commitment to that is over. You're finished. I'm going to tell you right now, that does not mean a thing to the heart 
of a mother who has given birth to a child and raised it. Raised him or her to be an adult. Yes, they can marry. They can go on and on and do different things. But a parent is a parent for life. They will always be a parent. They're going to always be concerned about you. They're going to always try and be there for you. They're going to always be thinking about you on and off. They're never going to be able to forget you unless something goes seriously wrong. Those things are going to be true of a parent. They're going to want to be there for you, want to protect what's there, want to be able to do something to make a difference. And on top of everything else, God's like that with us. We can have a purpose, work to try and fulfill that purpose. We can actually achieve that purpose, and it's like when a person retires. You can actually get another job. You could actually have more than one purpose in one lifetime. And it just keeps going because as long as you live, there is purpose on your life. As long as you live, there is something that God has placed you to do. Something God has in mind concerning you that involves you being in a certain place, you being able to be communicated with that involves your effect on those around you. Um, I had a situation where I told someone, I said, well, this is my goal in life, and I laid out my goal. And, well, when I reached that goal, I said, well, Lord, are you going to take me? No, he didn't take me. (laughs) So there was another goal. So I kept working. And then another goal came up, and I said, Lord, um, Okay, here we go again. And then I completed that goal. I reached that goal that I thought was it. And I said, okay, Lord, you're going to take me? No, no, he didn't take me then either. So uh, I got to another point, and I started working on something else. I said, okay, Lord, here's another one, and this is a doozy. And I said, well, I'm older than I thought I would be, and here we go again. And now I'm working on this goal. And I said, Lord, what's your overall purpose for my life? And he let me know. My purpose for your life is what I choose for it to be. My purpose is to bring you back to me, (laughs) you know, just to bring you back to me. But in the process, I'm having you to make a difference along the way, to bring a few more people along with you to have friends, to bring extra family members on in, to help people to see the truth as you come in to me. So my goal is to bring you back to me. When It's funny, when Jesus died on the cross, when you think about it, when Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. And he was gone. But then he rose again in three days. (laughs) He came out of the grave, and he continued to communicate with people. He walked the roads and talked with people and did different things, and then he went to be with his father. So he said it is finished, but then he has some more things to do. And if you look in your Bible, you'll see there were some things he had to do in the spirit before he came back to walk the earth again. And there were some things 
that he could not do yet because he had not gone into heaven yet. So when he laid his head down, when he laid his physical body down on that cross, because he said he had to lay it down. No man could take his life from him. He had to lay it down. When he laid his life down for us on that cross, he had some work to do. And when he finished that work, he came back because he needed to, he wanted to, he planned to, God had in mind for him to prove that he was the son of God. He laid down his life and he picked it back up again. And a lot of people have issues with that. Him laying down his life and actually being dead for three days and then getting up and walking around again. But I haven't heard anybody dispute Lazarus dying and getting back up and walking around again. Or it even says that there were other people who also died. They they were dead. And when Jesus rose again, they got back up and they walked around too. And all these things are historical facts. And yet and still people are walking around going, well, there's no evidence. There's no proof. Yes, there is. There is. Just because I, I did this demonstration with somebody else, just because a penny is covered by a piece of paper doesn't mean the penny's not there. Mm-hmm. You can tell me over and over again that the penny is not there, but it doesn't change the fact that the penny is still there. Jesus has and will always be, has been, will always be the Son of God. We are the adopted children of God. There is a difference. But we still have the goal to be with our Father. Jesus had the goal to be with his Father also. And when we get to heaven, we get to be with them both, the Father and the Son, and then we'll all be one. He left us his Holy Spirit so that we could stay with him because he knew that the job would be hard for us. We have an obligation to fulfill because we said, I do to Jesus. Okay, we said, I do to salvation. I accept it. I accept this. I'm in agreement with this. And in a marriage, when a person says that they are married. Mm -hmm. That's the end. You can't separate the husband and the wife when it comes to a lot of things. It's, It's very, very messy. It's a very, very messy thing to try and separate what God has joined together because he said don't do it. <laughs> that no man should separate what God has joined together. Because it's impossible. It is impossible. It's like trying to separate something that has grown inside of you that was never meant to be separated from you. Um, If you try and take away part of your heart, you're going to have some after effects because of that. If you try and take away part of an extra finger, if you grew an extra finger on your hand, it's going to take some work to get rid of that finger. 
because that's the natural placement of it. It's not what we would consider the norm. It's not normal for most people to see people with six fingers, but if they were born with six fingers and they're operating perfectly fine and that person doesn't want them removed, then they're fine. It's us that are uncomfortable. The bottom line is when we make a commitment, when we make an agreement, we are placed in the position at the starting line. And we are meant to run that race and stick to it. And if we don't stick to it, then we lose the race. We don't get to see the end with honor. We don't get to place in the top numbers. We don't get the awards and the accolades. If you come in last, at least you came in. But don't expect the applause and the accolades that other people got because they had skills. See, as they were walking along, they built up skills. They paid attention. They studied to show themselves approved. They made sure they gave their all. They were committed to giving their best. They received the fact that they could win this thing. They took it seriously. And they are running the race and they stuck to it. It's the person that finishes that gets the prize. You know, a person who doesn't finish, they might as well have never run. You can say, yes, I injured it, but it doesn't really matter. It, You know, it doesn't really rate on the scale. It's like when you have one of those applause meters, you can clap and if you don't have but so much applause, you're not going to hear it. You're not going to see it very much on the meter. You may not see it at all. But if you have a large enough group, the meter will start moving. You know, it'll start going up. If you have a lot of people, the meter will go all the way up, you know, and you'll see a huge difference in where the little pointer is. Okay, when we finish, let it be with a heart of dedication. And just know because you finished one purpose, it might not be your full purpose. It may be a stepping stone for your next purpose. Because you may have more than one purpose on the face of this earth, and I don't believe there's anybody who doesn't have more than one purpose. Some are bigger than others. Some people's assignments are larger and involve more people and is more visible. And other people's is just as powerful but not so visible. Some people's are very small, but there's a lot of them. You never know what the situation is. That's why you can't judge another man's servant. We're God's servants, and we have to be dedicated and committed to the goal and just know that if we hope, if we work in our hope, if we have faith, if we wait on the Lord, if we do what is required, what is requested, what is stated as a prerequisite to receive our promise, at the end of the line, God is faithful, and he will provide for us. He will produce. He will give. He will do what he said he was going to do. He will give us that thing that our heart desires if we are faithful. 
And if we don't receive it, we have to also be willing to understand that he is God and we are not. One more time, God is God and we are not. We are his children, but we are not God. God is almighty. God created everything that exists. We cannot mimic everything that God does. Only God does what God does. Mm -hmm. He allows us to imitate certain things, or he allows us the ability for him to work through us. But God is God. Mm -hmm. We are his creations. We came from him. And we need to remember at all times that we are his business. You know, some people, they get upset because their spouses go off and they work, 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 work. It should console you. It should console me. I should remember this every single day that I am God's business. And he thinks about me day and night. I am his child. And he treasures me, that he has purpose in me, and he has given me his name, and I am an heir to his promises, and that is powerful, but I have to walk in the name that he's given and use the power that he set at my disposal. You know, he's made, he, he's made it available to you. He's made himself available to us. And we have to learn how to accept it with grace and humility and say, thank you, Lord. I see it. I see that I didn't get that because it wasn't the best thing for me. I see that that didn't move right then because I wasn't ready yet. I see that I didn't need to go there right then because you were working on that person over there who I love. And I'm glad that you didn't send me then because I would have been a hindrance. You know? It's important to acknowledge God first and then what we want. Christiana? Absolutely. If we understand God's dedication to us, then it's no big deal to follow his design because God is dedicated not only to getting his work done through us, but to seeing us have that abundant life that's talked about in John chapter 10, verse 10. He says, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. When he talks about the thief, he's talking about Satan and all of his imps and all his team. But when he says that they might have life, he means all of us that would believe in him. And so this purpose that he has for us, that he's assigned us to, this covenant that he's made with us through the blood of Jesus Christ, and this, his affection towards us so much that made him make that oath makes it so that we can trust him, we can believe in him, and we can follow him with hope, without fear and without doubt. We can choose faith and do our part and trust that God is going to do his part because he loves us, because he promised us, and because he made us for this. All right? So I guess that concludes our talk on dedication for the day. Find your point of dedication in the word of God and in the will of God and get to it. And then know that God is dedicated to your good. God bless you. This has been DPW. 
The D stands for discipline, the P stands for purpose, and the W stands for wisdom. Have a great weekend, everybody. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. God bless you. DPW Talks, signing off.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.